So Heinz and I were just having a great discussion about singles that we used to buy back then. Of course, that's not a thing anymore because you just go on Spotify. But do you remember what was the only single that you remember buying? Actually, uh, during our conversation, you you brought up an, a bad memory that now I do remember there was another single I bought. Oh, okay. And I don't remember the name of the band, but the first single that I ever bought was uh, Guns N' Roses. And I can't remember if it was one of the singles off of uh, Use Your Illusion 1 or Use Your Illusion 2. But on the B side, they did a cover of, uh, I think the title of it is Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. Yep. Yep. And they All did McCartney, a really, Wings. Yeah. Yep. And they did a really good job with it. I don't remember the A side song, but like we were talking about, I spent like four bucks on it for two songs and the whole album would have cost me like 12. So I was seriously upset after that purchase. I was like, this is so stupid. But you just reminded me, it was like an early 2000s boy band that I bought the single. And all I can remember is it was some dumb song that had like kind of a rap beat to it. It was horrible. I don't know. I think it was like lit or something like that. But it wasn't lit because lit's pretty good. They uh, they were the... Uh, my own enemy every now <laughs> yeah. and then i kick the living out of me yeah <laughs> it wasn't them but it was someone like that so what what was your first single you didn't say or you did kind of that gave me the bad memory it was uh by the band sugar ray and i can't remember the song title right now but it was the one that went yeah oh maybe it's called every morning yeah the morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my and four pounds that's what paul mccartney would sound like singing that song yeah. <laughs> or bob dylan oh uh, he'd sound he'd sound a bit more like this <laughs> i don't know you guys <laughs> So what we were talking about kind of when we just came on is we're definitely album guys. Like yeah. I want to hear what the band really liked to play. That might've been the 12th pick for the album and not like what the producers are like, Hey, this is what we got to get out. We got to get the radios, you know, radio stations, podcasting, whatever playing. I kind of like that. I liked hearing that 12th album or that 12th, you know, song on an album. Yep. Me too. And I think one thing we talked about, I don't really know if you remember this, but way back when in January of 2022, we talked about going through like a top 20 list yeah. of the albums and just like listening to them, then talking about them yeah, and seeing what we liked, what we didn't like, or just in general, how great they were. I mean, yep. that's something we should probably do. We I need think to so. Check out the list. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start. Oh, this could be a little series that we do. I like that. Is this going to be our first series? Uh, well, I think we kind of started some others, but they only had like one or two parts. But this one's probably going to have like, what, four parts or something like that? Definitely. 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 Okay. Uh, well, let's do it. Let's talk about some really famous albums. And uh, let's do it. All right. Uh, here we go.
We are back from the music. And since I didn't start off the podcast in a traditional way, I'm going to do it right now. Hey, O'Hines. How are you today? Hi, Jake. I'm uh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I, I'm great, man. I was I got to research music this week, which is pretty much all I do anyway. So uh, rock and roll. Now we get to talk about it and people have to listen. <laughs> yeah. And, and the best part is the top 20 album list that we came across. I don't remember which one it was where it came from so we are actually kind of just doing this you know blindfolded essentially because we're just whatever one it was we sent back in january we're going with it yeah yeah we're just gonna go do it freestyle we kind of know the list loosely you sent it to me in text i don't know yeah like hein said we don't know where we got it from so if anyone wants to follow along um you know that's tough crap man <laughs> well maybe they can play the game of guess the list because yeah, you have to wait yeah. until the fourth episode of the series to figure out what the top five were yeah so yeah. we do the top 20 today we're going to cover numbers 20 through 16 mm-hmm. so let's just get right into it number 20 what was it oh yeah it was uh, oh yeah uh okay, okay computer computer by Radiohead. Yeah. Now, I don't know if there's other Radiohead albums on this list. This is, I think, easily by far the most popular one, most popular album that Radiohead did. It's mm-hmm. not my favorite one. My favorite Radiohead album is the one that came out right before this called The Benz. It's much more guitar driven. Of course, I'm going to like it because it's more guitar driven, but this one has plenty of guitars in it too. But this album, I mean, Radiohead was super on the map already. Absolutely. No question. But this album kind of helped the band turn a corner they started including a lot of electronic stuff which they've done ever since then and it just cemented this huge huge fan base that this out that this band has and it's crazy people are nuts about radiohead they're the type band that when a new project a new album comes out all of their fans are like, well, this is the best thing that's ever been ever been done because it is Radiohead. And I'm not as as diehard of a Radiohead fan as some people, but this, this album is pretty killer. And I'm looking up the track listing right now because I can't say it off the top of my head. So this album, 1997. It was their third album, third yep. one they came yep. out with. And it was the only album in history that people say critically was agreed upon as a great album by everybody that everybody loved it right from the start there wasn't any naysayers with it they all loved it and my favorite track on the whole album is actually no surprises oh yeah it just got a really good vibe to it they do some different things with the lead vocals and i had to do some research on it just to see like how they recorded it most of it was actually recorded live all together and that's kind of crazy because they do a lot of different things with, you know, rhythms, melodies, vocals. It's just really, really a well put together album. Yeah. I spent so many hours trying to find the exact guitar tone that starts off at the beginning because it's a guitar playing, but it's super bell like tones. Bing, ding, 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 bing, ding, bum, 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 bum. And I just, I would sit with my guitar trying to find that exact tone. And I never really got it perfectly, but I came close. <laughs> and there's another uh, song on there, which is called Karma Police, which most people have probably heard. And you've probably seen the video for it, where there's just a guy running in front of a car forever. But that was one of the songs at the time that I called a more complex guitar song that I ever learned. And I look back on it now it's really not that hard but uh yeah so that was that was one of my like breakthrough moments as a guitar player was learning how to play karma police because it's a lot of chords and it's a lot of weird changes so it's just a really a really fun song on an album full of just 
incredible songwriting and incredible creativity. And to think about when it came out in 97, that, I mean, that was an era of a lot of changes in music. And this is right uh, kind of before the boy band era, but they just totally came in and came up with their own style. And that's that's why I really love this album. And they like even their music videos for this album were insane. Like Paranoid Android was that one was one of the one of the first animated music mm-hmm. videos. And it was so rad. It was so cool at the time. I haven't watched it in years. I, it probably still is really cool. But at the time, it was just mind blowing. And that was such a cool song that <laughs> again, I know I'm, I'm thinking back on this album, like it's not my favorite Radiohead album, but this album had such a huge, massive impact on me. I'm just realizing this right now, because when I write music, when I write music, I like to write what some of my students have called the Jake song, which is like two songs in one where it starts off like fast and then it gets really intense at the end. And so it's like soft, heavy, soft, heavy, and like two songs in one. And Paranoid Android was the first song that I ever heard like that. It's soft and pretty, and then it breaks off into chaos. So, you know, this album, while it's not my favorite Radiohead album, it might be the most influential one for me. I yeah, that's fun. I just realized that in this exact moment. That was really fun. I love that. That's a podcast moment. That's what we call it. It may not be your favorite Radiohead album, but it is the only one in the top 20. Okay, number 19, Led Zeppelin, Led, Zle- Led Zeppelin 4. Led Zeppelin 4. Isn't that crazy? It's on their fourth album, it's in the top 20 of all time. And it's probably in the top four because it has one of the most iconic songs in the history of rock and roll music on it. Mm-hmm. And that is dun, 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 Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> well, and you can go through every song. I think there's 10, if I remember right. And every eight, one of them. Eight, eight total. Eight, eight. Yeah. Okay, that just shows you. And there are, what, seven of the eight are songs that almost everybody has heard and probably mm-hmm. likes. And even that eighth one is still a really, really good song. Yeah. You got Stairway to Heaven, and I'm not naming these in any order. Black Dog. Yep. Rock and Roll. The Battle of Evermore, which you probably don't know what that song is, but as soon as it starts, you're like, I know that song. Mm-hmm. Going to California, which is actually my favorite one. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> just Robert Plant just does his thing throughout the entire song. Just, just you can hear the range he's got. And... You had Jimmy Page, too. I mean, you can't take it away from any of the four members, but those two together just, I mean, that's rock and roll right there, if you ask me. Yeah, and in terms of uh, drumming, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin, who is my favorite drummer of all time, if you go and listen to the first 10 seconds of the last track, which is called When the Levy Breaks, mm-hmm. is just, an, you know, I'm just kind of making this up. This is just my like opinion and what I've gathered over the years is that the engineering job that they did on John Bonham's drum in the song When the Levy Breaks has been used for years and years. It's just this iconic reverb heavy and it just echoes through the ages it's just it's so influential in terms of the world of recording music the sound that they got on this one song so just go listen to the 10 the first 10 seconds be like yeah i've heard that drumming in so many other places it's crazy (laughs) i uh, watched a documentary on led zeppelin and they said that they put so much effort into the sound the engineering the layering everything on their albums that it actually a lot of people are disappointed when they went to concerts because they expected absolute perfection because that's what the albums were right and when you go when you go live 
I mean, everyone's going to hear it a little bit different. That's just the way it is in a big stadium, open air, whatever it be. And yeah, they said that they put so much effort into that, that there were actually people that go to a concert and be, be, you know, going, wow, this wasn't as good as the album. It's never going to be. It's just mildly disappointed. Isn't that wild? Isn't that crazy? That's cool. All right. Should we get to number 18? Number 18. Yep. Yep. One of the most iconic singer songwriters in the history of music, Bob Dylan. And this album is called Blonde on Blonde. Now, I have to be extremely honest here. I I didn't know this album and I didn't really I don't really know much of the music. I knew track number one, which is called Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35. And I was like, I know I've heard that title. And then when I press play, it's like, oh, yeah, that's the one where everybody must get the stone stone song. (laughs) Yeah, the stone song. Uh, One of the, the cover shot of the album is one of the most iconic pictures of Dylan. It just like makes you look at it and go, I bet this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. And it's just a picture of him from, uh, I'm assuming like 1966 when this album came out and he's just staring at the camera with his really wild, hair. crazy hair and a checkered scarf on just staring at the camera. Like, don't take my picture. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> Can you imagine what the album, and I don't know, what came along with the record back in the original uh release but can you imagine what like the back of that record looked like you know the cover and any like other images shown i mean if you have that great of a cover picture of him like the rest of it had to be just stellar also because you can't (laughs) you can't drop down that far you just can't no (laughs) and uh one thing i do like about dylan and i did not think i listened to this album probably four times in kind of preparation for this i like harmonicas with Mm -hmm. with bob dylan he is really good with that yeah the harmonica is a sick instrument if it's played well and dylan sure knew how to play it man like the the amount of amazingness he could do with an acoustic guitar a harmonica and his voice and Mm -hmm. you really listen to his voice he doesn't have a great singing voice but he uses it it's an instrument he uses it the right way he just does it and it's he's huge like the guy wrote more songs than probably anyone on planet earth his library is just simply insane it's just the number, crazy <laughs> the number of albums he has out it's it's got to be 30 it has to be because he was putting be. out an album a year for like the 60s 70s and 80s and he didn't yeah. slow down necessarily he just didn't put them out yearly like he did right and this this album came out in 1966 and this was not his first one he, this was already i'm not entirely sure but i'm assuming this is probably his like second third album or something like that and the dude is still chugging away (laughs) is he still alive oh yeah he's still alive he's still putting out albums yeah (laughs) oh man my research limited to the fact i thought he was already passed away wow one of my favorite tracks other than rainy day woman visions of johanna great great song musical range all over the place rhythms start stop uh pick up speed slow down Just a very, very good song. Okay, check it out, people. All right, let's move on to number 17, which is an album that I can talk about ad nauseum, and that is the album Neverbind by a little band called Nirvana. (laughs) Yeah, kind of for a lot of people, I think that was their first real nationwide alternative rock album they knew of. Yeah, And you can get it from unbelievably good songs 
and also the cover, which attracted a lot of attention. Yeah, a lot of attention. If you've never seen it before, I'd be surprised. But if you haven't seen it, it is just a picture of a naked baby swimming in a pool with a dollar bill on a fish hook hanging in front of it. That person is now an adult, obviously, because this album came out in 1991. He, the, the guy, he's probably he's in his 30s now, roughly, probably coming close to 40-ish, maybe. But he's just recently, within the last year or two, sued Nirvana because of the... Uh, detrimental impact this album cover has had on his mental health meanwhile the guy has like has a bunch of nirvana tattoos and is semi-famous because of this but seems to me like he's just trying to cash in a little bit <laughs> and i didn't realize this was the first album with dave grohl for nirvana mm-hmm. yeah i did not yeah. know that i thought because this is nirvana's second album yeah and i didn't realize it's the first one with him on drums so yeah I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't figure that out until I really started doing a deep dive into it. I know. And you, everyone who thinks of Nirvana is like, oh, yeah, Dave Grohl is a drummer. But I think, and I don't know if I have this exactly right, but I believe Dave Grohl was the fifth drummer of Nirvana. And he just got lucky. Well, I mean, maybe not lucky. That's not the right word. But he it brought clicked. that it He clicked. brought that special something. Uh, he's my second favorite drummer of all time. And they put together an insane album. Um, when it came out, I remember watching like the world premiere of the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit. And so this was 1991. To me at the time, the only band in the world was the Beatles. I did not get Nirvana. <laughs> I just, I, it did not make sense to me. And I didn't get on board with them until several years later after Kurt Cobain had passed away. Uh, I didn't get into them until about 1996. And then I became a Nirvana junkie. I was a kid wearing a Nirvana t-shirt every day to school, pretty much. <laughs> That's commitment. That's commitment. Yeah. Hopefully you washed them. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't right away because to be honest with you, I was nine when it first came out. So I couldn't get my hands on it until, uh, you know, those old subscription tape CD things, you buy the first one for a penny or whatever and all that. Like yeah, Columbia that's why I had to get all my explicit lyrics or whatever, you know, the ones that mom and dad would not buy you, which this was one just by looking at the cover art, they weren't going to buy it. So that's how I got a hold of it. So yeah. about 92, 93, and I really got into it. And that's when I got into Pearl Jam. A lot of the different ones, Soundgarden, stuff like that. But I mean, you got on this album, not going to name them all, but Smells Like Teen Spirit, like you mentioned, Come As You Are, Lithium, In Bloom. Which which song, you got to pick one, on this album was your favorite? Oh, God. It, it's so hard because every single track, every single second of this album is... Got to choose one, though. It's just Got to choose your favorite child. Uh, I really like the song called Stay Away. It is... Um, three chords and it's super simple but it's crazy intense and to see that magic performed with only three chords is just so remarkable it is so cool and it's this album has everything it's like it has some like vibes of punk rock it has some vibes of classic rock it has some soft vibes like the song Polly or something in the way which recently just last summer not this previous summer but the one before or maybe it was even last fall. I don't remember when. What I meant to say is, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. That song tore up the charts because it was featured in that Batman movie. Yeah, it, it shot up the the charts in Nirvana, you know, 30, <laughs> 30 some odd years later. This album is still just like ripping it up. It's so good. <laughs> if I have to pick one, it's Come As You Are. It's mm-hmm. just the lyrics of that song. It just tells a good story. Yes, yeah. it's, it's something I just I've always liked that. That's the one song that whenever it comes on the radio or 
randomly on satellite radio i that's when i start a daydream to that song because it's just so good it's the one uh-huh. where you just get in that you know headspace where you're like not even thinking you shouldn't be driving but you know you still do and then you all of a sudden go wait a minute what just happened oh yeah you know come as you are is on the radio all right yeah yeah, I've heard so many stories of other bands that existed at the time would be like in the studio or in a rehearsal or something. And like, oh, we got a, a advanced copy of um, that band Nirvana. They have a new album called Nevermind coming out and they would pop it in. And they like every person interview that I've seen said, we listened to that album and we just stopped in our tracks being like, this is going to take over the music world. And it did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was uh, listening to an interview. Um, I can't think of the lead singer of Seether's name right now, but he was getting interviewed and someone's like, yeah, what's what's the greatest thing you've ever been told about yourself? And he goes, uh, Lou Brutus, who's kind of a famous, I don't know, hard metal kind of guy, so to speak, heavy, heavy rock and roll. He said, you guys remind me of Nirvana. And he's like, that's like the greatest thing I've ever been told my entire life. He's like, <laughs> don't tell my kids, but it's even better than my kids being born. Right. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people are like that. I mean, Nirvana pretty much set the standard and it's tough to achieve it. Yeah. How about uh, we go on to number 16, the last album that we'll talk on this podcast. And it's a repeat artist, obviously different album, Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan, making his second appearance in whatever top 20 album chart this is right yeah and this is where i start to get a little bit more familiar with bob dylan songs like the 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 lead track on the album is tangled up in blue tangled mm-hmm. up in blue <laughs> yeah yeah this is another a very great upbeat one. album it seemed like yeah. even though it was about really bad things in his life i guess yeah and that's yeah, what happens with artists there's some big hits on this one the second track is called simple twist of fate that song has been redone by so many other bands it's crazy. i mean a lot of bob dylan's music has been redone but for some reason i felt like i've heard simple twist of fate redone by so 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 many other bands and a lot of other really cool songs on here too like um shelter from the storm another mm-hmm. big hit from this album and yeah that's crazy this and this one came out in 1975 so you know he was 10 to 15 years into his career and he's still still just he's just getting warmed up at this point man <laughs> yeah and this this album actually when it came out was initially like not well received and it was one of those kind of like our podcast you got to listen to it a few times and then you're like you know what it's pretty good and a lot of people said it was because he was too emotional with it because it was a, he was he just broke up with a camera if it was his wife or a longtime girlfriend. So a lot of the songs are actually about her and a lot of the things that happened. And so I don't know if it was just because it was in the mid 70s, they wanted something different, but it just wasn't well received. And he went on tour, did some different things, and all of a sudden they're like, Hey, that's a classic album. That yeah. that, that needs to be in the top 20. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We got we covered a lot of stuff. So to to repeat it all, we had number twenty was Radiohead, OK Computer. Number nineteen was Led Zeppelin, Foe. Uh, number eighteen was Bob Dylan, Blonde on Blonde. Seventeen was Nevermind by Nirvana, and number sixteen was also Bob Dylan, uh, Blood on the Tracks. So we'll be back. Maybe we'll do the next five next week. If not, we'll hit you up soon with the with the next five. So uh hit us up let us know what you think of these five albums if you have uh you know anything to say about them we, we want to hear about them and we're like hmm maybe i would have put a different thing in in those spots but 
I'm I'm sure everyone has an opinion on it, but let us know. We want to hear from you. Yeah. And do your ears a favor. First and foremost, listen to our podcast, maybe a couple of times, and then go and listen to wherever you want to. Is it, you know, Spotify or wherever these albums, give them a listen. They're good. It was actually really fun listening to the album yeah. getting to end. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, you might stumble upon something new that you hadn't heard before that, you know, you, that you really like. And for me, it was because I hadn't listened to these these Dylan albums in full. So yeah, I learned something. Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah. We're, we're an educational podcast. We can't help it. <laughs> we sure are. We sure are. All right. Well, we will be back next week with something fun, new and exciting until then have a safe, happy week. And we'll check you later. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye.